Hold on to your hats, true believers, because there's a mountain of Marvel magic making its way to you tonight. It's Excelsior for the earlobes on the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 79 for the week of Wednesday, the 21st of August, 2013. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben and Adam. This episode is brought to you by Superpower Collectibles and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, we're doing a Toy of the Week trifecta full of Marvel Comics goodness. Hey guys, how are ya? Pretty good. I'm well. You're well. Ish. Ish. How was our week, Ben? How was your week? Um, well, uh, quite a mixed bag actually. Uh, very excited to see Breaking Bad back on TV. Um, possibly the greatest drama ever. Ooh, controversial. I love it. I love it. I couldn't wait. I just can't wait. And now I'm like stressed because there's only seven episodes left for like, <laughs> ever. So, but um, some good stuff arrived, which I'll talk about later. Um, but on the, the downturn, my credit card was hacked this week. Oh, no. So, yeah, never actually had that happen before, but I uh, was out and about when I got a call on my mobile that I didn't recognise, so I didn't pay much attention to it. And then about two minutes later, they rang again, and I thought, oh, they're pretty keen. So I answered it, and it was my bank saying, um, you know, after we had a bit of a uh, identity uh, exchange and they said, "Oh, we've just had five dollars charged to your credit card from Phoenix, Arizona." And are you in Phoenix, Arizona? And I said, "No." And they said, "Oh, it's come from a hotel." And I said, "Well, Bummer. given that I'm here in Australia and my wife is standing next to me because we've got joint cards," uh, and she said, "Okay, well, that's obviously a." Um, she basically identified it as what people do is they put a small charge on the card to see if it's active. Yeah. And then if that goes through and she said, oh, so we can expect, um, you know, a substantial charge to go through shortly. Uh, and she said, so we're actually going to cancel the card and issue you with a new card. And yeah. So hang on, hang on. What, what does that all mean? And I mean, the good thing about it, the, the bank was on the ball and it means that your account stays exactly the same. You just get a new card with a new number. So it's not actually a, you know, a cessation of that account and having yeah. to start it. But it meant that that card was actually suspended and I had to wait for, you know, five days for a new one to turn up in the mail. But um, the biggest hassle, I guess, is you, do, you just don't realise how much stuff automatically bills to your credit card. Like, yes. you know, you have your, your health insurance, your internet, your phone, all that sort of stuff automatically gets billed. Well, <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so you, you've got to sit there and make a list of all these people who automatically bill your card and, and sort of ring them up and give them the new, the new card number. But I think within about a day I got a call from uh, my internet, uh, my ISP, going, oh, we've tried to charge you know, your card for, for your, you know, your thing. And um, it's been rejected. And it's like, yeah, can you just wait four days until I get a new card? <laughs> so, but um, yeah, sure enough, I checked my account and someone had tried to book a $1,000, um, some five-star resort in Arizona onto my card. So, so yeah, a bit of a hassle, but um, yeah, full credit to my bank for being on the ball and, and picking that up. And, got, you know, we're 
we said, you know, is there, there anything we have to do? And they said, no, 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 we've blocked it. You don't have to pay anything. So, so yeah, a bit of a mixed bag. So, Adam, um, now that your attempt to embezzle money from Ben has failed, um, what, have you been, what have you been up to this week? Uh, not much after, apart from that. Um, yeah. I thought I was on a good trick mm. being in Phoenix and Adelaide at the same time. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been up to much. Had training course for work, so that went pretty well. Um, it's my last week of actual exercise before doing a half marathon, which is next weekend. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Cool. Cool. It's probably also the reason that I'm sick is from overdoing it. Probably. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> so have, have you spent more than a couple of consecutive days in the same place? I guess I only well I had actually have been to Brisbane this week, <laughs> but only for one night. So back home, um, I, we have this running joke now in our house because um, I, I always somehow manage to be away on bin night, <laughs> and it's like it's a really busy night for us anyway because we have basketball kids have basketball training we get home late whatever and so last last week's trip was a really sudden flying just you know one night visit and when i told my wife she was like not unless you put the bins out before you go (laughs) (laughs) and now it's looking like i might be away on bin night this week as well so um but what i haven't been away for the last two nights is two nights of sleepovers uh so that's um that's driving me slightly insane, but you, you've got pretty poor timing, really. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we. Um, when I, I grew up in a house that I probably uh, didn't invite friends around to a lot, I would prefer to spend time at my friends' houses, and so you know, I'd rather be the house where the kids want to bring their friends. Um, yeah. So that's fine, um, but. Two nights in a row is oh, it's not too bad, really. I shouldn't complain, but then there'd be nothing to talk about. <laughs> so, you know, have your kids gone from that that excited dad's going away? Oh, cool! Can you bring us back something? Bring us back a present? And have they now gone to the point where they're just like, yeah, okay, bye, whatever, see you, like you know, <laughs> yeah, eventually. Well- I, I deliberately, because I've always done, you know, travel, and I deliberately a long time ago stopped bringing something back from every trip because I didn't want to walk through the door and have the first thing be, what'd you get me? <laughs> so, you know, now I probably do it only kind of every, you know, two or three just to be unpredictable. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, no, the the, um, the new job has got more travel in it, and it's actually, I've got a lot more flexibility, um, so it's actually better for our family, but... My eldest does get a bit um, – I've been in trouble a bit lately. I've had the you're never here anymore thing, which is so not true. But anyway, um, there you go. I'm like, oh, here, have a present. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> buying fun. affection. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of buying affection, we probably should do some news. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Can it be the Supermobile on the attack, the Lexor 7 armed with kryptonite, or the Supermobile repel those deadly rays? You bet. Ready for battle. Activate Ram. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection, vehicles and figures with power action, each sold separately. Flying lessons for Penguin, fish bait for Luther. Can the Supermobile defeat the Lexor 7? You decide. 
Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated News is where we discuss the latest news and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things that we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And Ben, I think you are starting off the news, so over to you. Thank you very much. Indeed, I am. And uh, this bit of news has been allocated to me for some strange reason, but uh, I'll go ahead and read it anyway. You're such a champion. I know, I know, just taking it for the team, baby. Um, just from our friends at NECA, they've announced the Series 11 um, wave for the Predators 7-inch line, and, um, yeah, they're still continuing pretty strong with this. We'd already seen one of these figures at San Diego, at least one that I was aware of, but uh, what we're getting uh, this time around in Series 11, we're getting the Wasp Predator, who um, is another one of the Predators from the uh, Batman Dead End short films, so they're certainly milking that for, for every character they can get, but I guess we are up to series 11 now so that um doesn't sort of come as any uh, any shock um second figure in the wave is the armored combat version of the lost predator from predator 2 um one of the predators that actually appears in the uh in the ship uh, i don't actually remember this guy in the movie at all i think they've just taken a few liberties um but it doesn't matter because he looks bloody awesome they've kind of updated the armour of the Predator, which is pretty cool because this line actually includes a lot of reuse, so it's not unusual to see them sort of using the same, you know, two or three shin pads over and over again. Um, But he gets a a high-tech helmet. You know, sorry to interrupt, these things don't mean a great deal to me because I don't really, I'm not a huge fan, but this one looks a, a bit garish. Yeah, I quite like it. I just think because it's something a little bit different. Um, it still sort of says Predator to me. Uh, is it a movie accurate thing? Or? Well, the the actual character is, um, but they've updated his armour slightly. But it looks like a lizard. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's all good. Um, and the third figure is the one we saw at San Diego, which absolutely blew me away because if I had have heard about it before I saw it, I just would have you know, shrugged my shoulders and thought, well, that's just not going to work. And that is the, um, well, how do we, what do we talk about it? I guess it's the thermal, they're calling it the thermal vision Dutch um, Schaefer. So it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger character from Predator. And it's as he appears uh, as if uh, he's being stalked by one of the Predators. So he's got that whole red, green, yellow sort of heat thing going on. And it actually looks fantastic. I think they've actually done a really good job to pull off that effect. So I'm pretty excited. I mean, they seem to be stepping it up. There's a couple of new weapons in this one. Um, the, the wasp predator actually comes with um, sort of like a, a big spear thing with an alien head sort of stuck on it. So you're not just getting, you know, the same three or four weapons that they've obviously done with previous figures and, and just sort of allocating them. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty cool. excited for those, yep. quite enjoying that line. Uh, continuing on with both NECA and Predator, um, as we know, NECA are pretty good at giving us those quarter scale figures, um, getting some good stuff from them uh, in regards to the Avengers. But uh, in keeping with Predator, they've done a major Dutch shaper. So you get 18 inches of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger you know, glory. So this is him in his sort of classic camo muscle short shirt. It's where he's wearing the the sort of, um, you know, the muscle shirt with the vest over the top and the bare arms. And it looks like he comes with his trusty M16 and his knife. And uh, that looks pretty good. looks like it's coming out in December 2013. As um, the normal scale with this figure, he's about 18 inches tall, 20 points of articulation. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, pretty good stuff. I didn't know that one was actually coming at all. So, um, is, is this something that you think you're likely to buy? No, no. Mm. One of the things I've always stayed away from uh, is the 18-inch scale. I think there's just there's only so many scales you can collect. Um, I've been very tempted by a couple of the predators in this scale, but mm. I've decided because I get the hot toys um, that I'll stay away from this line. The only one I own is uh, is a Hellboy. Um, Pretty good likeness, I think. It is. Yeah, I think they've done quite well. And the good thing about NECA is they manage to keep the prices down. The, yeah. These guys usually go in the 80 to $90 range. And, you know, considering what six-inch figures are selling for these days, that's pretty good for a figure that is made of that much plastic. That's yeah. good. Um, and oddly enough, it's like a pretty uh, convenient segue. Speaking of Hot Toys Predators... Uh, I think someone almost... Maybe organised this. I know. <laughs> um, look, we saw this guy at San Diego Comic Con 2013, and that is the Hot Toys um, Scar Predator from Aliens vs Predator. Now, this is actually this guy has actually been released uh, some time ago by Hot Toys on you know the original Hot Toys, the Hot Toys on the original uh, whatever format, I guess you want to call it. When this guy came out, you had to sort of put them together. Um, but Hot Toys have actually released a new buck for their most of their Predators. So this is sort of updated sculpts um, and the updated body, so this guy will be a, a lot higher quality. I'm someone who didn't get the early Predators, so I missed out on this guy, and he was one of the ones that went for huge dollars on eBay. I think at one stage you're sort of looking at uh, 900 to to 1000 US dollars um, once the Predators movie came out. So the opportunity to get this character again, but on the updated buck and everything, I think is fantastic. So I'm very keen. So keep an eye out on that one, especially um, Sideshow are pretty good at soliciting these guys. Now, that is an amazing head sculpt. It is, yeah. That mouth yeah. is just like yeah. freaky city. Yeah, they've really if you read a couple of the the different reviews on like say for example Michael Crawford's um site uh they occasionally show the the before and after predators so the early ones that hot toys were doing and this is very early days of hot toys when they were just getting underway and it's really evident just how far they've come they've just hmm. really stepped up their game and i mean everything is perfect and the reason this guy is called scar is because um in the alien versus predator movie he um, chops up one of the aliens, he picks up one, or actually breaks off one of the alien's fingers, and while it's mm. sort of dri dripping the acid blood, he actually marks his forehead with sort of a bit of a, a victory mark, and that's pretty evident in the photos. You can see that. Um, for me, as a predator collector, this guy is actually pretty cool because he's got a distinctive um, well, uniform costume, whatever you want to call it. His armor is very, very different to a normal predator, so some really good stuff there, some unique weapons like his knife. Uh, so I'll be definitely getting this guy. Awesome. Adding him to the collection. And continuing back, we'll swing right back around to NECA. And if you haven't picked up the Pacific Rim 7-inch series, you might want to run out there and get them because they've just announced the Series 2 figures. Um, this is always good news. It's, it's always nice to see a line like this go into a second, third, or, or whatever series. You're always sort of worried whether you're just going to get stuck yeah. with a, a couple of figures yeah. from the um, the film. Um, you know, it's a bit, a bit hit and miss this wave. Uh, unfortunately, we get a, um, a Gypsy Danger battle-damaged version, so oh. an opportunity to reuse the existing mould and, and just sort of, you know, change the, the decals and a little bit. Um, a bit disappointed, but probably the coolest thing is um, we're actually getting Striker Eureka, who was, of course, the Australian Jaeger. 
So pretty cool seeing him up next. And we're also getting the Leatherback um, uh, bad guy. Oh, forget what they're called. <laughs> What's the, what are they called again? Kaiju. The, the Kaiju. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm just going. The bad guy. You know, the big, the big lizard dude that does like the thing <laughs> with the thing and he gets hit by the thing. With the thing. He does things with the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No Bengrin yeah. was in it. But yeah. and some stuff. Some stuff, yeah, and these are cool. Anyway, uh, look for these uh, to be released in November 2013. So hopefully, you know, within a few more waves, we'll pretty much have everyone from the movie, which would be really good. Very good. And uh, Mr Adam, what news have you got for us? Uh, Well, there's been pictures of uh, the fifth wave of McFarlane Walking Dead toys, so based on the TV series. uh, We have a, a Glenn, a Maggie... A Merle, um, spoilers, yeah. he's a zombie, um, a Tyrese, and oh, a Chad. about this. Yeah. Hear about what? Oh, yeah, sorry. Spoilers. I said spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can say Lego if it helps. Yeah. Oh, uh, much better, yeah. yeah. Put it all together. Oh, and Ben, you talk about them like they're real. That's that's all the things that we get in trouble for. So, just yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, Merle is actually six point two. That's right. <laughs> but he's based on a real person, so he should be accurate. <laughs> Entirely possible. I yeah, they yeah, look alright. They do. I'm. I really, really. I've said this before. Hope that that they go back and pick up some of those original characters that they did so badly. You know, this, this is a pointless. Uh, set if there's not a decent, at least a decent Rick to go along with yeah. it. Mm. Um, because, you know, I, I saw that Rick the other day up in Brisbane and just was like, man, this is just horrible. So it's good that they turned it around. These look great, you know, and we've got that last series um, with the non-zombified Merle and Michonne to show us that they really can do it. Yep. What scale are these again? Oh, they're five inches. Yeah, these these are the five and not the seven. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like Glenn comes with a swap out beaten up head. Does look that way. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Ben. You better get get in and get your Tyrese figure before he um, the token black guy gets killed off and they replace him again Ooh. with another token black guy. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um. The only criticism I'd have is they look a bit like they're in a police lineup, but you know. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I assume that's just concept art, but I don't think that's yeah. even an action figure. If you really want to do that way, if you really want to do spoilers, you could talk about the other alternate head that Glenn could come with. Uh, Sorry. No. <laughs> um, the yeah, let's not comic book spoilers. I mean, yeah, yeah, spoilers, spoilers. Oh, we're in so much trouble now. Eh, let's keep going then. Okay. Um, next bit was um, Necker's seven-inch Kickass Two Series Two figures. Um, so there's a Kickass with um, body armor on. Looks like he's got a swap-out head. There's a Hit Girl um, with her motorcycle helmet, and um, there's also Colonel Stars and Stripes with Eisenhower. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's worth it just for the, the dog with the mask. Yeah. yeah. That's the best bit. It's just one of those things where in, in Australia we'll be going to the movies to see Kick-Ass and in America they'll be going to see Kick-Ass. Yeah, yeah, probably. Pretty much. Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. 
Kick-ass. Kick-ass is badass. A badass. And something else. Oh, it's cute. There are <laughs> a series four of Mogwai's, like, or Gremlins ones, the NECA 7-inch versions. Yay. Um, so there's Brownie, Doodah, and Penny, which I didn't know that those were their names, but okay. I wouldn't <laughs> want to be called Brownie and be in line with someone called Doodah. <laughs> Just saying. It's quite interesting, this line, that in order to actually produce it, they didn't actually have the, the, enough reference material to do it, so they actually had to track down the owners of the original props that have since been sold off. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where did you read that? In the press release. That's so cool. <laughs> the press release. <laughs> Fancy that. <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I, these are cute. I actually have one of the ways of these just because I thought they were so fun, but I don't feel completest about it. Yeah. Mm. Well, it doesn't look like it would be hard to, you know, come up with a new one as far as costs of tooling or anything because it looks like it's just a new head every time. But Oh, that's that should, smart. Yeah. It also looks like it, it would be easy to customize your own Mogwai then. Wow. Even better. Mm. And what else, Mr. Adam? Well... Uh, I mean, really, we all love Minimates um, and their their comic accuracy. And other people that love Minimates, or should love Minimates based on comic book-related material, are um, Jay and Silent Bob. So they're now Minimates. Yay. Um, I'm not sure what they're all going to come with. It says they'll come with um, a variety of interchangeable parts and accessories. Um, God only hopes that they're highly inappropriate accessories. Uh, based on Man, on they, the antics of these two, they are still milking this. It's almost as bad as Nightmare Before Christmas. They just when was the last time we had a Jay and Silent Bob movie? It was Clerks Clerk, Two. Clerks Two, yeah, yeah. Is Kevin Smith making any more viewers' universe movies anytime no, soon? No idea. I thought uh, he was retired. <laughs> no, I hope not. Nope. Anyway, Snoochie Boochie, so you know, <laughs> those will be good. There's, oh, go for it, Scott. No, I was just going to say something else. Yes, um, there are Lost in Space, um, well, Lost in Space 2-pack for Minimates, which is um, Dr. Smith and B9, and it's the classic um, Lost in Space, not the horrible movie thing with that guy from Friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was all right. I didn't mind that movie. I mean, it was horrible, but, you know, I didn't mind it. The head on this thing looks odd. Because you know how it's glass in the TV show? Yeah. Yeah. And so it looks really odd in the Minimate because it's just solid grey plastic. Mm. Well. It's just peculiar. It's peculiar. Hmm. Anyway, I suppose at that scale, you'd come on. I mean, you know, couldn't I have cast it out of, you know... Clear plastic. Clear plastic? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Hmm. Um, the last bit of news I think that I have is um, there's a Series 54 of Marvel Minimates, which is focused on Captain America. Um, so there's a fighting chance Captain America from uh, <laughs> apparently a Mark Greenwald. Story, sure. Mm. There's a robot Red Skull. 
There's um, Winter Soldier. There's Falcon with Red Wing. Um, there's Baron Strucker. There's a Hydra Elite. And there's Madame Hydra, a.k.a. Viper, looking much unlike she did in the Wolverine movie. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's not... That's a pass for me, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of fun. I mean, I, I do like Minimates, but I'm... I, I like the Falcon. Yeah. Oh, I think most of them actually look quite good. I mean, Captain America, that's, you know, what about the 16th Minimate we've had of Captain America, if not more? But most of the others are fun. I mean, I think Winter Soldier looks pretty good and... and uh, the Baron looks good. Oh, the Winter Soldier does look good. The, fi- the um, Finding Chance thing doesn't mean anything to me, I've got to say. Oh, I mean, I remember it, but, you know, not particularly fondly, that's for sure. Okay. Was that the one where Cap was um, close to death or something stupid and had to put on some stupid suit of armour? Kind of, yeah. I vaguely remember the outline of the plot and thinking it was crap. Yeah, Mark Grunwald had his, his highs and his lows. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, I've got mostly DC news, but before that, I have Star Trek news. And this is the, the Femme Fatales line um, from Diamond Select, which is a, a bit all over the place in terms of character selection. The next release is a Seven of Nine. Um, and I, I love Voyager is you know my favorite Star Trek franchise. I love Seven of Nine, love Jerry Ryan. For a statue, I would be expecting a better likeness than this. Yeah, I was looking at it and, you know, I think she's just one of those people who is just very difficult to capture. I, I just, I, I think that every sort of, I, I guess, piece of, you know, Seven of Nine merchandise that I've seen, it seems to be very hit and miss as far as the likeness goes, mm. so... She's yeah. just got one of those odd visages, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that'll, I mean, I don't think I would have been in much danger of buying this anyway, but if I was, that would put me off. But it's good at least that um, that's been made. I'm still bitter after all these years about the cancellation of the um, Borg action figure, Star Trek action figure line that, Diamond Select solicited with Seven of Nine and a bunch of other Borg things and cancelled it. Mm. So, but anyway, I don't need this. And uh, speaking of things I don't need, um, (laughs) DC Collectibles put out their solicits this week. And, uh, I mean, there's some interesting things in it. There's the New 52 Shazam action figure, which I definitely don't need. There are some interesting uh, Super Best Friends collectibles that are from the animated stuff that's happening with Wonder Girl, Supergirl, Batgirl. And as much as I like Batgirl and as much as I'm always happy to see Donna Troy get some collectibles love, I don't think that I need super secret storage boxes. (laughs) Uh, But perhaps I'm not the target market. Mm. Where are you going to hide all your girlish, you know, secrets and... And whatever else. I know. Right. Yeah, my yeah. uh there are there's a new set of crime syndicate action figures based on David Finch designs and at the moment it's Ultraman, Power Wing and Superwoman. Um and this appears to be 
the with new articulation for DC collectibles, um, Power Ring, uh, not Power Ring, Ultraman certainly seems to have an ab crunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an interesting. They look like they've got bicep swivels too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so this is – I've read a couple of things saying that this is the introduction of new super articulation for DC collectibles, and if so, it's about time. Um, yeah. <clears throat> this is a new step forward for DC collectibles, so what we'll do is we'll solicit half the action figure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they're in, in darkness. Uh, so there you go. So if you're sitting there going, I wonder if they've introduced, like, double knee joints or I wonder if we're finally getting ankle articulation. Well, I wouldn't know because, you know, you can't see most of the friggin' figure. No, no. You, you, you can't even uh, – it's just – it's really bizarre. Like, for you know, Superwoman, you, you can't even sort of see her hair. Like, it kind of finishes just below her ears because it blends into the darkness in the background. Yeah. I mean, what, a, what a stupid idea. It's a very odd way to solicit something because, I mean, I don't know, are they not done or well, I don't know. Yeah, and um, so for all my bitching, they still look good. And then there is what I understand to be Tim Bruckner's last uh, piece of work for DC, which is the Batman Hush, Batman and Catwoman, the Kiss statue. Mm-hmm. And you know, I put this in the same category as the Superman and Wonder Woman, the Kiss statue, which I guess will be coming out shortly, which is that it's the most beautiful work of something that I absolutely have no desire to own. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. But I, I don't know. Again, I'm obviously not the target market I wonder if it has a super storage box in the bottom. I'm just going to wait for the Solomon Grundy cheetah kissing statue. <laughs> now I'd buy that in an instant. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It's beautifully sculpted. You wouldn't expect anything, you know, less from Tim Bruckner. Um, but it's the same as the Superman Wonder Woman one. It's just like, you know, I, I just don't need that. And I certainly don't need it for $250. So. Yeah. There yeah. you go. And still on DC, but now with Kotobukiya, and in the more affordable range, we have the next in the Kotobukiya Artifacts DC statue line, and it is Supergirl. So this is the one-tenth scale version, and um, she's looking mighty purdy. I still say this is the most bizarre costume. Like, I just... It, it it looks like it was originally designed to be a full-body costume, that she wasn't meant to have bare legs and bare knees, and they mm. changed their mind at the last minute. Yeah. And so it just looks awkward. Like, the, the whole red part at the bottom of her, you know, around her belly just looks odd. Yeah. I have to say that you can really kind of see that in this mm. sculpt where it's a bit um, not... Flattering. It's not flattering. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not flattering. It's like you Here know. are my lady areas. <laughs> yeah. It's like taking a photo about a month after she's just given birth. Well that's yeah. it's, just, yeah. it's even got a pointer. It points to it. Like the the S shield on her belt points. Here's my lady area. Mm. And then she's yeah, got the, the yeah. I honestly thought they would have updated it by now in the comics. But they've it's funny because I when this I read it on a forum somewhere where this was teased and there was quite a few people saying, "Oh, great, love it! This is one of my favorite New Fifty Two costumes." And I thought, mm. I like it from the the waist up, <laughs> but, but that's about it. 
I think mm. the the um <laughs> knee holes are just the dumbest thing. They look peculiar, don't they? I've ever seen. I wonder and, if they copied that from Invincible. Oh, possible. Mm. I suppose there's only so many different things to, you know, try, but there you go. Mm. Um, so, but I, you know, while this isn't my line, I like that they are going deeper in characters than just the Justice League. Yep. And it's a nice scale to collect. You know, if I didn't have this other, if I didn't have other collectibles of these characters, I'd be tempted by this simply because it's a nice scale where you can have, you know, quite a few of them in a small space and they would look good. Are they about the same size as the Women of the DC Universe statues? No, no, they're one tenth scale, so they're they're quite, they're much smaller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we would be remiss not to do the news without doing a Maddie sub update. And of course, this is the, the, you know, we're down to the wire now. And in fact, it'll probably be closed by the time this goes up. And so after tell, telling us that we knew everything that they could possibly tell us, they came out this week and said, first of all, through Masters of the Universe, that Too Bad is going to be a subscription only figure. And Damian Wayne is now going to be in Club Infinite Earths if it gets up. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah. So I wonder, I don't know, I would like to think that they had planned all along to keep these little teasers until the end. Mm. I hope it's that and not, like, oh, my God, what do we do now? I don't mind that Damien figure. The head sculpt's mm. great. Uh, I, I give it the thumbs up because it's a universe builder. It's one that I can stick on my shelf, you know, with some rest of the Bat family, but... It's certainly not one of my top ten requested characters because personally I can't stand a little shit. (laughs) (laughs) May rest in peace. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) Jeez, your spoilerishes episode. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I. I, hmm. It's not looking good. We're on thirty-nine percent for Club Infernal Crisis. No. Well, I. I mean, I strongly suspect what will happen is that. The four, the four figures, regular figures they've announced, including Damien, will end up being quarterly figures, and the Doomsdays will go up for, you know, individual order. And you know what? That's fine. And if that's how it ends, I'm actually okay with that. Mm. And yeah, the too bad thing, I really don't understand. It's a the too bad thing to me because that's meant to be the January figure for Club Eternia, and now they're saying that he's going to be the January figure, but he's also going to be subscription only, no day of mm. sale. That, to me, just sounds like desperate blackmail. Mm. It's certainly you're forcing someone to buy an awful lot of figures just to get, you know, one figure. I mean, there's people out there that are going to be extremely disappointed. Well, I mean, I just looked at that and thought, well, I – you know, after our chat with um, Toy Guru, I have bought a Club Infinite Earths. Yes, as nice did I. Um, but I still have not subbed up for Club Eternia. And when I read that, I thought, you know what? I'll either buy it on eBay or never have it and not care. <laughs> I'm not going to commit to a whole year of something that I'm basically done with for one figure that I would really like. So. Yeah. And the thing is, even if the sub goes through, I mean – you know, a third of the subholders aren't going to be happy anyway. 
um, because, you know, for every figure that gets released, even if it's a character that you want, people are going to bitch about the choice of costume that the character's in. People are going to bitch about the, the buck that was chosen. I mean, I don't understand why they chose that buck for Damien. I mm. think he's too muscular, why they didn't use the um, the Beast Boy. Yeah, exactly. One just baffles me. Um, I've never seen, a, a, you know, such a muscular 10-year-old before. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that just illustrates the, you know, the problems with it. And, you know, full props to Scott Nightlick for his... um. You know, chat with us and we'll talk more about that in feedback and full props to him for his passion. Um, you know, I, I think I'm actually, I, I've subbed, I, I've bought the sub on principle after, you know, what he, what he said, but yep. I'm, I'm actually okay if this is it because yeah, I'm mm. okay. I'm okay. It drains the energy. Well, let's get our energy back and do some exciting toy reviews. Uh, and Adam's going to be up first right after this. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing story cycle. That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. Loop, And he's not through yet. Into the dragster. Evil super sprint car with built-in drag shoot to slow him down. What a hook! And now. Sky Cycle, that daredevil death-defying supersonic sky plane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike with the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's evil Knievel. He's a knockout. He's ideal. Well, this week we all wanted to do Toy of the Week, and so we're all doing it because we can do that. And uh, we're all doing something Marvel as well. So Toy of the Week is where... We normally have one person taking something and looking at it in detail, but we're all going to have a turn tonight. And Adam, you are up first, so over to you. Thank you, Scott. So this week I decided I would review the SH Figure Arts uh, Iron Man, I think it's a Mark uh, 6 or something stupid like that. It's the Iron Man 2 armor in any case. Um, So... This guy is uh, from Bandai slash Tamashii Nations in the Figure Arts line. Um, it was released, I think, this year. I acquired mine this year. Um, it's clearly an action figure. It goes for about 70 bucks US um, before you talk about shipping it. Um, and it really is, I think, the best action figure of Iron Man that I've ever seen. Wow. Um, so, I mean... Looking at it scale-wise, it's it fits in perfectly with a Marvel Legends figure. Um, it's it's that six-inch kind of scale. Um, it shits all over the um, Iron Man. I think it was Iron Man 1 gave us the six-inch line. So I've got my Mark III, and it just looks so much better. It's so much more poseable. Um, comes with all your usual figure arts gimmicks. Um, the swap-out hands, you know, the, the massive amount of poseability, the bits of um, add-on accessories and, and such like. So preliminary thing is, yeah, it's a great figure. Um, in a bit more detail, so the packaging is quite simple um, compared to some of the other figure arts figures and, and monster arts figures you'll get. It's a, a simple um, box with, you know, movie likenesses information and a bit of display stuff on the back of how you can display it. Um, and then inside you've got your your tray with lid kind of thing that you take out and you, then your cardboard, piece of cardboard and your instructions for swapping out the different bits and pieces on the figure. 
Um, so, yes, it's definitely able to be resealed up and all of that kind of gear. Um, the sculpt itself, like I've said, it's basically the best one I've seen. Um, the head is not interchangeable. It's one of the few times I haven't seen a swap out head for a figure arts figure. Um, I don't believe you can take the face mask face plate off. Um, so compared to most of the Hasbro Marvel Legends Iron Man, that's probably a, a small strike for some people, but realistically how many times are you going to have uh, Tony Stark showing his ugly mug at you? Um, and in any case, it would really just be a, a probably poorly done Robert Downey Jr. face anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that's part of the problem they had, they might not have been able to get like likeness rights for Downey Jr. and um, and Don Cheadle for the War Machine one. Um, so maybe that's a reason they didn't do it. Um, but then you get to the details and, you know, you've got the ridiculous levels of articulation that you expect with the figure arts. So everything basically is articulated apart from the fingers. Um, the elbows are double-jointed. Um, the the red plate that goes at the elbow can slide along the elbow joint and uh, rotate. The shoulder armour protection, rather than just being some crappy thing that snaps onto the ball joint like the, the Iron Man uh, six-inch figure had, it's actually hinged at the top of the the elbow so you don't give up anything and it rotates with the arm like you'd expect um the the back of the uh hand shield guard thing actually comes off and snaps onto each hand and that's got a hinge on it so you know it doesn't stop you from posing the hands correctly um it's it's just ridiculous really um, <laughs> it's it's a three segmented torso, I think it is. Hang on, one, two, yeah. So three segments part like after the hips. So you've got hips and then two two abdomen sections and a, a chest section. Um, it's got an articulated neck, which is actually highly useful for posing him in flying positions. Um, he's got the standard um, figure arts ball jointed hip thing where you can rotate the hip and then move it up and down a bit. Um, knees are double-jointed. Ankles are, you know, double-jointed with toe articulation. I think they've probably got a bit of side-to-side rocker if I try and play with it. Um, so some of the accessories you get with it, which is worth talking about, um, you get two propulsion jets for his feet. You get repulsion jets for his palms. Um, you get repulsor blasts for his palms. Um, and then you get uh, aerofoil air brakey gear for putting on the back of his legs and his back, which you have to remove a couple of bits and pieces to put them on there. Um, and then there's detailing on, on the back of the armour that would normally be covered if you just had him without those on, um, which is all very good. Um, the, the things that I think are strikes against it, really, um, it doesn't come with a flight stand, this oh. is one of my yeah one of the gripes that I had with for example Dragon Ball Z figures is you've got a character that's renowned for flying and you haven't you haven't spent probably the extra five bucks it takes to put a flight stand in there hmm. considering the flight stands are what fifteen bucks retail um, for a set of three so it's, for five bucks it would have taken it seventy five bucks yeah okay but 
Um, Particularly when they put in, you know, the blasts and the, you know, repulsor blasts from his, and it's for his feet so that it's got all kind of, you can do the flying action. Yeah, and you can yeah. actually tilt his head back far enough to have him looking up while he's laying horizontal. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? But there you go. Um, I thought that was cheaping out. Um, the other thing, and I think it's one of the things that probably has annoyed people most about this and the War Machine, is um, when they advertise it, you might remember there was speculation that they were going to have light-up eyes um, because they um, they showed the eyes and the um, arc reactors in the chests glowing. It turns out that was just Photoshopping, and they don't light up and they don't glow. Yeah, so that was disappointing, but, yeah, okay, if I really cared that much, I'd probably just go and Photoshop them and whatever else. So how does he scale up with Marvel Legends? He fits perfectly. Um, I put him Bastard. next to the... Yeah, I put him next to the the um, Mark III from the Iron Man 1 wave, and it's the same, pretty much same height, so it fits perfectly, and it's a much better figure. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, from my point of view, I've, I've now got a uh, Mark III Iron Man uh, six-inch figure if anyone wants to, to buy that off me for cheap. Wow. Um, it's it's that much better. I mean, you know how I think people showed, you know, you could almost get it into that extremist um, or Iron Man original poster where he's punching the ground, like yeah. on his knees punching the ground? You can actually do that with this figure, and it doesn't look awkward and it doesn't look like, you know, he's got one foot up in the air and his hands don't look quite right. And, cool. Um, so it's really a good figure. I, I don't have really that much against it apart from the couple of bits that it's missing. So when it gets to Dolly rating? Dolly rating. I would give it, I'd say it, it gets a nine, Um because of the things that are missing at the $70 price point. Um, yeah, other than that, it's a fantastic figure. Brilliant. Oh. Mm. Very good. Thank you very much, Adam. Oh, that welcome. is a very good start to the Marvel Toy of the Week Madness. And uh, we will take a break between reviews to come back to you with this week's installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. Howdy all, this is John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd from TV and Film Toys, bringing you another installment of Name That. I'm really surprised because I really thought somebody was going to get um, this one right off the bat, and it didn't happen. So let's listen to last week's sound. My new cake mix. You have the power on. All right. And it's so delicious. I think we're getting through, Captain. What year? 1987, I think. Try it. Hello to anybody watching. And if you had guessed that that was a Captain Power commercial, you would have been correct. Um, I'm still hoping at time of recording this that somebody's going to get this one, because I, I really know there's some Captain Power fans out there that will probably recognize it. So, anyway, moving on to this week's sound, we will take a listen here. From arm-to-arm combat to chemical and nuclear power, now it's come to Wizard Warfare, codenamed... New weapon that seizes control of the human mind. On the surface, it looks like just any ordinary. And one more time, just to let you soak in all the goodness. 
from arm-to-arm combat to chemical and nuclear power. Now it's come to wizard warfare, codenamed... A shattering new weapon that seizes control of the human mind. On the surface, it looks like just any ordinary... As always, you can come over to afbforum.com, make a guess. If you want to play the picture version, come on over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, you know, we post a picture and you guess there. And you come go over to AFB Forum and you can make your guesses and still get forum points. So all is right in the world. Go take a look, listen, let us know your guesses, and come back next time for another exciting episode. Peace out, people. new cake mix. We have the power on. All right. And it's so delicious. I think we're getting through, Captain. What year? 1987, I think. Try it. Hello. To anybody watching, this is Captain Power. Jonathan Power. Do you read? We have a situation here. The year is 2147. Human life is threatened by bio-dreads. They follow a Lord Dread. I need your help. I have instructions. Please pay attention. Well, we are doing not one, not two, but three Marvel Toys of the Week this week, and it is my turn to go. We're moving from action figure to statue, and my Toy of the Week is one of the latest releases from Bowen Designs, and it is the Bowen Designs Doc Sampson statue. This is the first full-size Doc Sampson that Bowen has done. He's had a, a bust for quite some time. Um, this is one of those toys really where I, I can't say that I have a real affinity or great knowledge of this character, but the the toy just is so good, looks so good that I want to own it anyway. Um, so as, as much as I don't like the word toyetic, um, this is, this would be it for me. And, uh, I've got a couple of issues with this, but they don't, um, take away from my enjoyment of it. So this is a 2013 release and acquisition. It is a statue. It ended up costing me about 275, well, not about exactly 275. Australian from All Star Comics, thanks to the um, exchange rate issues at the moment. Um, one thing that I was really happy about was that All Star. Usually, when you get stuff through previews, the you get, of course, the Bowen um, packing box, like the standard you know color box, but not the outer cardboard box that it comes in but mm-hmm. there's a new chap working at all star who is a collector who understands these things and he saved the outer cardboard box for me as well uh, yay. yay which is just handy for storing because then it helps it keep the box in a much in much better yep. shape in terms of the packaging itself it is collector friendly because you can you know, reopen it keep it etc and i do like the um, standard Bowen design. One thing that was an issue for me for a while with the Bowen stuff is that they um, obviously have been saving costs by not printing the Bowen design symbol on the um, styrofoam packing to show which side is up. But then for a while they lost any indication of which side is up, which is actually a pretty scary proposition when you're unboxing a statue. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. – 
you do it the wrong way, you might break something, etc. So now we don't always get the um, Bowen Designs symbol, but when we don't, as is the case with this one, there is a little um, tab that says this way up on it. So that was good because this would have not been a good one to open the wrong way because it's quite heavy. So we've got two pieces. We have a base with the obligatory Bowen action statue bent girders on it. Um, and then we have the good green-haired doctor himself. It is 13 and a half inches tall, the top being his fist. It's quite a low addition size, only 325. Christ. Made, mm. yeah. So um, quite a – I think it's probably one that will end up increasing in value um, as it goes, which is not always the case with Bowen, just because there's not that many of them around. Um, and I'm glad that I've got mine. So in terms of the sculpt, there are some really great uh, – the, the sculpt is great. It's got great muscle definition, including you know, raised veins on his you know, arms and muscles, the folds of his clothing, the edging of his boots are all really nicely done. The um, – issue that I have is not with the quality of the sculpting, but when when you look at it from different angles, the pose is actually a little bit, I don't know, unnatural. When, when you look at, he's kind of, you know, coming over a ledge or something, but he's bent in a almost impossible way at the torso, where his torso is um, coming over so far to the left that you kind of think, could somebody actually stand like that? I don't know. We're talking <laughs> comic book characters with huge muscles and green hair, but still it's, it is maybe just a tiny bit off. So it's just my one kind of sculpt criticism. Um, he's got a, his right arm raised in the hair, ready to raised in the hair. Hello. Otherwise known as raised in the air. Um, ready to... You're just focusing on that luscious green hair, aren't you? I'm focusing on the luscious green hair. I'll get to the green hair in a moment. Um, the But, you know, sculpt-wise, it, it's beautifully done. It's a Randy Bowen sculpt himself, and, you know, we know that he's the man. Um, there are some really interesting touches to this, and this is partly sculpt and partly paint. But one thing which I only noticed tonight as I was putting this together is that... Um, his fists have – you can't see the nails of his fingers, but his fingernails, his thumbnails, not only are sculpted, but the edge of his nails are painted a slightly different color to show it's like a, a thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And it's really – like when I first saw it, I was like, is that just kind of a weird visual – effect but no like there's been obviously a really deliberate little just swipe of paint on the edge of his nail to show that it's a thumbnail which i think is cool um and it's funny that there's all that definition but then where his fists are joined at the top there's actually a little bit of a lack of definition which is maybe a yeah just it was a bit of a surprise to me compared to normal bowen standard on the paint side Great choices of colors, perfect Doc Sampson colors, um, nice blend of flat 
paint and shiny paint. Um, so his skin obviously is matte, but then also the his boots and his shirt are matte, but then his trousers and the um, lightning strike on his shirt have a, a shine to them. Um, the other kind of small issue that I have with this is that the the green choice of green for his hair is fine, um, but the there's been a, a wash put over it, which you kind of need to show definition, but it's quite a dark one, and so it makes him look like he hasn't washed his hair in a really long time. <laughs> um, which you know, maybe if you're a a um, green haired part savage part doctor you don't need to wash your hair i don't know um and there is also a little bit of a bleed just between on the edge of his boots as well from his boots to his trousers the paint is not quite clean on that but i'm being very nitpicky it's a it is a great piece um you know i'm very happy with it overall it's going to be very fun to display um alongside hulk um i'm probably going to go eight out of ten just for those couple of things not not the pose so much because that's you know interpretation but just from quality perspective a couple of paint issues um there that i think could have been done better so great purchase glad to have it in collection eight out of ten Cool. It looks like it'd match up very well with the SmackDown Hulk, the, the yeah. Bowen Hulk with the arms raised in the air. I think so. I don't have that one. I have the newer, the newer Hulk. But yeah, I mean, I think it is something that I know that Randy does try to take those things into account. Kind of think about how mm. people are going to display these things, and the SmackDown Hulk is like the reference point for a lot of these things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think what I also really like about this statue is that in recent years, Doc Sampson has been portrayed as a bit sort of slimmer um, than, than his, uh, you know, I guess his, his peak days. But um, Randy seems to have really gone after the, the Herb Trimp um, definition of Doc Sampson. And, and Herb, you know, was the first guy to draw Doc Sampson and he drew him as um, as a massive guy, like he was almost yeah. Hulk-sized. And yeah. it looks like Randy's really tried to capture that, which I think is really faithful. Yep. I think that that's one of the things that you know, I love about the Bowen design stuff is that, you know, Randy has his own, uh, I guess, era of Marvel stuff that he is harking back to, and it ma- usually matches pretty closely with um, mine. Mm. So, that you know, your kind of real definition. And, you know, we're, there's not many collectibles out there that are actually giving classic fans the stuff that they want and Bowen to me is a real exception in that that you know I don't he he does his own thing he's not under any you know pressure from the the license in terms of what he produces I mean he has to get them approved but um he's not owned by Marvel so they can't say hey we've got this storyline coming up so you know how about you do this version etc and sometimes you know they will do stuff that is more modern that obviously is going to link in um but yes in something like this you you really see that classic sensibility come out Mm -hmm. so hoorah for Doc Sampson hoorah for Bowen Designs Hmm. And that is the second of our three Marvel Toys of the Week this week. We'll be right back in a moment to talk about the items that we've added to our collections this week. It's a fembot. 
new from Kenner. And Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. I'm Jamie Summers. Oh, no, you're not. I am. You're a fembot. Your paralyzer gave you away. She's unmasked me. Now I have to disguise myself as a mystery baby. No one will recognize me. Not even Jamie. Ha, ha. Fembot comes with everything seen here. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sold separately. Well, we are all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we talk about the new stuff that we have collected. And uh, Adam, I think you're going first tonight, so over to you. Thank you. So from last time I was on, I've gotten my big box of stuff from Big Bad Toy Store, which included my um, figure arts figures of Final Form Freezer, Super Saiyan, or not Super Saiyan, Normal Saiyan um, Vegeta, so as he first appeared in Dragon Ball Z. Um, Iron Man, War Machine, I've got my Revoltech Evangelion Unit 8 Alpha and Unit 13 as well. Um, and today, by chance of unfortunatism, I have a new, <laughs> a new mixer tap to install in the um, kitchen. So. Oh. <laughs> well. Yeah. Uh, I think I only understood half of what you just said. Yeah, it, it's kind of gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Ben, can you um make more sense than that? I hope so. Okay. Um, a very very exciting week this week. Uh, I received a an awesome box of stash from our good friend Mike S, hey. and that uh, included my Star Wars Black Six Inch Wave One figures, which are absolutely fantastic. Um, just love, love, love them. Can't wait for more of this line. I want six waves a year. They're just, they're just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Lots of great accessories. They're just, they're just so well done. I just felt like a kid again. I, I you know, have fond memories of collecting Star Wars figures, um, as a kid and, you know, just opening the box and seeing these figures. Um, they really are fantastic. So hopefully um, when you've got yours, we can uh, take a closer look at them. They should be here this week. Um, yeah, and the other good thing was my Marvel Legends Rocket Raccoon series arrived. And, oh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, <laughs> you know, it's got its good, it's got its bad. I mean, y- yes, we needed uh, a new Black Panther. The old one was on that that strange buck um, not as bad as the Iron Fist one, but it was a bit of an odd buck. Um, but you know, while there's plenty of characters that I'd like to see updated, there's plenty of characters that have never been made that I would put much, much higher on the list. Mm. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he's a great figure, and the Jean Grey's a nice enough figure. Scarlet Spider's pretty meh. Um, but, of course, Rocket Raccoon, a fantastic little figure. Um, you know, it's hard to get excited over a, a builder figure that's, that small when you know we've had apocalypse and sentinels and things in the past mm-hmm. um but yeah overall it's just fun to to keep seeing new figures so yeah very that's good. it for me very good well i got my doc samson i haven't been to the post office for ages so i think it's probably been there a while but i got my last month's maddie collector stuff so freddie freeman and um clamp champ mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then I got two gifts this week. One uh, was a help out from Mr. Hyperion, which was the um, Funko Pop Superboy for Miss 12. That was 
a, a gift I'm reimbursing because they helped me out because I couldn't get it in the States. So thank you very much for that. Awesome. And then when I went to All Star Comics this week to pick up Doc Sampson, um, our friend Eddie, two, four, zillion, nine, whatever, <laughs> um, who I have never actually met, but who goes to my comic shop, had left me a little gift, which was one of the Despicable Me minions. Oh, excellent. I know. And they were like, oh, we've got something here for you. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that was so awesome. nice. Yeah, and it was very funny because I – just happened to run into a couple of the guys from the non-canonical podcast who, which is a Melbourne based comic book podcast that you should be listening to if you're not. And they, they were like, Oh, our listeners never give us presents. <laughs> and you were like, Oh, we get pop tarts and right. <laughs> chocolate peanut butter balls. Oh, and fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were right jealous. And so they should be. So thank you very much, Eddie. Um, for that, and he is sitting on my desk at work with, with my other minion and other assorted um, goodies that I'm not allowed to have at home. Oh, hopefully you mean the minion and not Eddie. <laughs> okay. Eddie quite likes it at work. I don't know why you're so picky about it. No, yeah, I mean the minion. Absolutely the minion. Um, so that was just fun. Very good. And uh, I've got stuff on the way. I have a box from my kiss on the way as well, so... That should be hopefully here in the next week or so. Is that all of our stuff? That's all of our stuff. That's all yeah. of our stuff. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll be right back with the final Toy of the Week for this week in just a moment. Spike Orr and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike Orr. No one can stop the spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Orr. He-Man. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine. Not even you, He-Man. Spike Orr is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Well, last but not least in our set of Marvel Toys of the Week is Ben. So, Ben, take it away. Thank you very much, Scott. I'm going to be talking about Hasbro's Marvel Legends The Wrecker. And The Wrecker is one of the figures that comes in the very latest Marvel Legends Rocket Raccoon Build-A-Figure Wave. He's one of five figures, and you do need to get him if you want to build Rocket Raccoon. All right, so because it's the latest one, the year of release is actually 2013. I got him this week as part of my stash from Mike S., now, he is a six-inch scale action figure um, from the traditional Marvel Legends line and, well, one of the last figures from the Marvel Legends line of we're uh, led to believe with the, uh, the changes that are going to be going on. Um, so this guy will set you back roughly about 16 US dollars or possibly a bit more from what I understand. Toys R Us in the US uh, charge a lot more for their figures now, so you could be paying up to $20. Um, but, you know, look around, contact Mike. Um, he always does the right thing by us. Um, this guy comes on the standard kind of blister card that um, they've been using for Marvel Legends since the, the relaunch, since the Terax wave. So that is that traditional blister card um packaging with the Marvel Legends burst across the bottom. You get the uh, illustrated character art uh, on the top. 
Um, what's actually quite interesting about this one is it doesn't actually specifically say the wrecker. It actually just says Marvel's The Wrecking Crew. And we've seen this quite a few times with um, characters like the Punisher and Blade uh, and also the, the Madame Hydra Mystique. They tend to find some sort of um, naming convention to use for them, like Femme, Marvel's Femme Fatales or you know something odd like that rather than use the character name. So I, I assume that's so that they can just simply reuse the blister card um, for the running changes. That'd actually be really clever if the running changes ever came out. But yep. there, there's a gripe for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, look, this just says Marvel's The Wrecking Crew. The Wrecker is actually the um, the prominent character. Bulldozer is actually shown as sitting behind him. Um, so it's not a collector-friendly line, uh, and, and this really isn't a, a collector line you know, in that traditional sense. If you're a, a mint-on-card person, yeah, okay, fine, pin him to your wall. But otherwise, once you tear that sucker open, uh, it's open and you might as well just oh. throw away the packaging. Um, so as far as the sculpt goes, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that this guy uses um, a lot of the buck that was used on both the pile driver and the Thunderball, and I think even some of that figure was actually used um, from the, uh, I think it was the uh, Young Avengers um, you know, Hulkling figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the thighs and some of the, the parts of the arms, etc. But anyway, look, this has become a sort of a standard large buck for Hasbro to use on these figures. So pretty much from um, the waist down, this is the exact same figure that you get with Pile Driver and Thunderball. Um, what they have done, in fact, the arms are exactly the same too. What's new on this figure? What makes the wrecker the wrecker? Well, the torso appears to be new. So from the belt up, is actually all new, but it kind of looks like they've just taken the existing torso for the other figures and effectively sculpted over it. Um, so the wrecker doesn't wear a traditional sort of skin tight sort of you know lycra leotard type um, costume. He, he wears more of a, a loose fitting sort of jacket. Um, and so what they've done is they've sculpted that with the, the crossover button up flap that comes across his chest. He's got the high collar. But what they have done is they've actually sculpted the striations in it to sort of give it a a material-like type effect, which which is a bit weird because it doesn't quite sort of match with the the pants or the arms, but it's subtle enough that it works quite well. Um, So you've got the belt as well. They've sculpted that in. This is actually the traditional wrecker. So this is the wrecker as he, you know, appeared way back um, with his gloves, etc., um, the head is obviously an all-new sculpt. What's really cool is the wreck has always been depicted as having sort of a balaclava type thing happening, and so he, he sports that purple balaclava here, and the, the lines in it are actually sculpted, so they are actually grooves and, and not just painted on, which is nice. Um, and so that's pretty much it as far as sculpting goes. They managed to do get some pretty good reuse um, to get this figure out. Uh, as far as the paint goes, um, there's not really a lot you can do with this guy. I mean, he's kind of green and purple and that's it. He, he has, you know, his clothes are green and his balaclava gloves, belt and boots are purple. Now, the green's got some highlights on the actual sort of crossover button-up flap thing across his chest just to sort of, um, you know, help it sort of stand out a bit more. But it, it's really hard to tell if they've actually run a, a wash over this figure. The green is the type of colour that wouldn't hold a wash particularly well so unless they kind of try to dry brush it to give the, the higher edges um some some definition which they haven't done so i mean i've seen different pictures on the net that kind of indicate that 
you know, there, there are some that sort of have some highlights, but that might be prototypes. Hmm. Um, mine at least just seems to be done in a standard green. However, the purple, um, particularly the gloves, do actually have a... Uh, it doesn't actually look like a wash. It actually looks like they've dry brushed it a bit with another colour. Um, they haven't done a particularly good job. Um, you know, I'd say our, uh, <laughs> our, our little friend... Um, no, uh, poor old um, Gertie hasn't hasn't done the the best of job with a dry brushing, but it's it's such a, a subtle um, the, the two different purples that they've used are subtle enough that it doesn't really um, doesn't really stand out. So um, yeah, odd choice to go with that doesn't really make much difference to the figure. The the paint apps aren't too bad. There's a little bit of bleed where the balaclava mask joins the face. You can see the purple's gone over onto the skin, um, but at this price point, you know, that's almost kind of expected. There isn't really anywhere else where it would make a huge difference because of the way the figure's assembled. You know, I'd say the gloves and the boots are painted separately, so um, where the the two colours meet uh, are all pretty good. Um, the the only real downside is there's a little bit of paint rub right on the end of his nose, so I can fix that um, pretty simply, but I think it's the, the classic case of it's touched the packaging while it was um, not quite set. Uh, the only really bad paint app is the way they've done the teeth. They've clearly painted the inside of his mouth pink and then they've oh. attempted to come along and paint each individual tooth, you know, with a, a fine paintbrush, and it actually looks dreadful. It, it looks like he's got some of the worst teeth you've ever seen. You'd, you'd think when these guys, you know, stole all that money from, you know, armoured car robberies and that, they might invest a little bit in some um, some dental work. But, um, but again, at this price point, you know, that's not that unexpected. So... Um, so overall, the paint's not bad. And one thing is the eyes are actually done really well. They've been applied um, fairly consistently. There's there's no um, sort of strange cross-eyed thing happening or googly eyes. Uh, that looks quite good. Uh, as far as the articulation goes, um, doing a, a quick count, I came up with 29 points of articulation. You have all your usual stuff. He's got a ball-jointed head. He's got a um, sort of a, a chest ab crunch type thing going on. His swivel waist. Um, you've got your usual... Um, You've got your usual sort of disc shoulders. You've got your um, – there's a bicep cut. Uh, and he also swivels at the wrist, but not at the actual wrist wrist. He actually swivels at the back of the glove. Hmm. Uh, so you've actually got that turn. Um, he's got your usual sort of disc uh, hips happening, the thigh cuts. He's got double knees, which is quite good for a figure this big. Um it's interesting that you'd think that there would be an ankle swivel, but there's not. I mean, you've got the the thigh cut, which gives you that, that rotation, which is not too bad, but really that's it as far as turning the leg goes. However, um, you do get the usual um, articulation with the ankle, but as is starting to be standard with Marvel Legends, you actually get the ankle rockers. Uh, and when you get a, a figure that's this big and this heavy, um, you you know you you do need those ankle rockers to get them to stand properly. But in addition to the ankle rockers, you actually get the um, articulated toes in the boot, which you know I've always found a bit kind of odd that that kind of articulation because you have to get some pretty wacky posing going to actually make use of that articulation. But you know, look, it's there, it's fine, and and it works. So about twenty nine points of articulation. Um, so the posability is actually quite good. Uh, one of the things he has, uh, one of his ex accessories is, of course, his famous crowbar, the one that's actually imbued with, um, you know, energy from Loki. That's how he got his powers. Um, and because it's a straight piece of plastic, um, there is some concern that it would be loose enough in his hand that if you don't quite sort of get it on the right angle, it just slips through his hand. But he actually holds it tight enough that, that you can sort of pose it any way you like. And the, the 
the flexibility um, allows you to sort of get him holding the crowbar with both hands because the articulation allows you to sort of get it into that position, which is good. So in addition to the the crowbar, and I mean, the crowbar looks great too. It's got lots of little scrapes and dints and stuff in it that um, looks like it's uh, it's really sort of been through the, the ringer a few times. Um, and I mean, you know, I think Americans do actually call this a crowbar. Um, you know, growing up, I always knew this as a Jimmy bar, which I think is sort of more of a, a British term for a crowbar. So anyway, call it what you want. Uh, in addition to that, he actually comes with Rocket Raccoon's head and he comes with Rocket's gun. So, yes, you do need him to put Rocket Raccoon together. I think yeah. the only other figures you need are... Uh, Jean Grey and uh, Black Panther. So you only need the three figures to to put him together. Um, one of the things I've avoided right to the end, uh, and that is the scale. Now, um, you know, this is Marvel Legends. It's one twelfth scale, which means they're six inch scale. This guy clocks in at a whopping 20 centimetres tall. Um, 20 centimetres doesn't sound like a lot until you convert it to inches, and he's 7.85 inches tall. Um, he is gigantic. Um, I've commented in the past that I thought the, the Wrecking Crew figures were too big. Um, the Thunderball and Pile Driver are just way, way too big. Uh, I think that's just a little unfortunate that the Hyperion buck came a bit too late because I think they probably would have um, looked quite good on the Hyperion buck because it's got that sort of, it's shorter but wider. Um, yeah, I am critical about about the height because I think it's completely overdone and, uh, you know, people keep saying it doesn't matter. He's a great-looking figure. Don't get, you know, hung up on this sort of thing. But the Wrecker isn't actually a big guy. He's actually only six foot three, according to his Marvel Universe bio. Um, and, I mean, you know, he's six foot three for a reason. That's, that's how he was created and um, he's never meant to be a huge guy. And when you consider that this guy is actually supposed to be one inch shorter than Cyclops, who's six foot four, um, he's, you know, terribly oversized. I mean, this guy on your shelf... He towers over every other Marvel Legends. You're talking uh, Sasquatch, Omega Red type um, scale here for this guy. He's he's just gigantic. He even towers above people like Thor and the Hulk, So, which seems a bit odd because, um, you know, I mean, in real life that would actually make him almost eight feet tall, which, you know, just seems a bit odd. Uh, you're probably wondering how he gets that extra height because he's actually even taller than the pile driver and Thunderball figures. Um, and considering it's the same buck, I was trying really hard to work out where that extra height comes from because he's about a half a head taller than either of those figures. And I think it's the way the, the top of the leg joins the, the hip joint. There's some sort of extra gap in there um, that isn't present on the other two figures. So that adds a fair bit. And I'd say the rest is actually made up in um, the neck. The neck and the head seem to have you know, that little bit of extra stretch to it, giving him that that extra height so um look overall uh, on uh, on his own holding him in your hands and looking at him he is an amazing figure um the wrecker and the wrecking crew are some of my all-time favorite bad guys i've been reading thor for a long time and so i've always loved these guys um and and he's just a, a phenomenal looking figure they've executed him really well i just think he is simply way too tall um if they could have somehow reduced the wrecking crew by an inch they would be fantastic. So uh, on that note, I'm going to give this guy 8 out of 10 dollies. Mm. Mm. I think that's generous for being so big. Um, yeah, look, 
I I think I red carded him a while ago just in regards to the height mm-hmm. um, when there was some comparison photos released, uh, and it is. He, he's just simply ridiculous when you stand him next to uh, a Marvel Legends Captain America or, or any of those guys, even a, um, a DC Universe Classics figure. I mean, I, I've got a few customs on my shelf, like my custom Gladiator, which is done on a DC Universe Classics buck, and he just fits in with them so well And because, you know, he is a big guy. He fits in really well with Captain America and Black Bolt and any of those guys. And then you take a figure like this and you put him on the shelf and he just towers above everyone. He even makes people like Terax look small, oh dear. Um, which is, you know, really peculiar. In fact, I've got Terax right here, so I'm going to grab him. And, I mean, against Terax, he's probably about half a head taller than Terax. And, I mean, Terax is a very, very large figure, so there you go. But... As I said, that aside, when you actually stand here holding him, he is a fantastic-looking figure. You just think, yep, this is definitely the Wrecker. He looks great. His costume's great. you got the crowbar. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Very good. Well, good on you, Ben. And that brings our menage a trois of Marvel Madness to an end. <laughs> uh, I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, I think Red Carter is next, and I think we should get there really quickly. What is this bizarro world? Well, Red Carter is that moment of the podcast when we say, What are you talking about, Willis? and uh, ask why about something. It could be a weird announcement something really bad or something worse or something weird. And I think that's probably where we're heading tonight. So over to you, Ben. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, weird. There's, uh, hey, there's so many adjectives for this one. It's hard to know where to start. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with the title. And the title is simply Daryl Dixon's Walker Ears Prop Replica with Display Case. And the blurb says, digitally sculpted using the actual prop necklace as reference and handcrafted by our master artisans, Gentle Giant Limited is proud to bring you the Walking Dead Daryl Dixon's Walker Ears Prop Replica with Display Case. Just the thing to display with your crossbow and winged biker vest. The morbid neckwear comes mounted in a beautiful shadow box that also boasts an authentic recreation of actor Norman Reedus's signature. Um, how do we describe this? Okay, so what we're looking at is a long, slender display case that features the Walking Dead logo and what can only be described as a necklace of severed ears. Now, if you go way back to the Walking Dead series one when Daryl Dixon was still a redneck that we all you know despised, he was fond of chopping the ears off of um, walkers or zombies that he killed and adding them to a necklace and wearing them. Now, uh, as Daryl quickly became uh, a big, um, uh, he became quite a popular character. Um, they've obviously dispensed with this and made him a, a bit more of a, you know, a less morally ambiguous character and, um, you know, done away with anything that might have us disliking him. Um, this is a really bizarre piece. I mean, it, it's actually, I don't know, I think it's actually in poor taste more than anything. Um, the, the 
the concept of cutting off your victim's ears and threading them into a necklace uh, is not new. It's it's not something that was introduced in The Walking Dead. It actually has been something that um, was quite common during uh, various conflicts in the past. In Vietnam, it was actually something that was done. Um, and, I mean, you know, you would never get away with doing that um, in in our modern day, it would be something that would definitely get you in a lot of trouble. So it's a pretty macabre concept, and I'm glad they did away with it in The Walking Dead because it was um, a pretty sort of vile concept. So to then actually bring out a prop replica of something like this that you then hang on your wall, oh, I don't know where to start. Like, this is just bizarre. I just, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, how, how do you explain this to people when they come over for dinner, why you've got these fake ears hanging on your wall? It's like, oh, it's because my favourite character in this TV show, you know, has one, so, you know, I have one too. It's like, yeah. okay. It's just not the kind of thing that, um, like, I just cannot imagine why you would want this. Mm. It's not that it's not clever. And it's not that there's anything wrong with the quality of it. Like, it's obviously a really nicely crafted piece and display case, etc. But it is that real, you know, sense of, like, why would you want this? I think for me, too, it's just it, because it is actually based on a, a very real-world vile concept... Mm that I, I do find it distasteful. Um, you know, there's so many other things they could do. But, I mean, you, you're going to pay $100 US for this um, for, for four years. But something else I think is really peculiar is it comes with, and I quote, an authentic recreation of Norman Reedus's signature. An authentic recreation. <laughs> I mean, what what is an authentic recreation? Is that a ah? Oh, well, it's just... opposed as opposed to an unauthentic recreation. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. And um, when you actually look at the little plaque thingy, that's you know the authentic recreation of his signature. There's uh, something under it that says Norman Reedus, and then in brackets, actor. <laughs> <laughs> that's huh? just. That well, no, no, no. That's fair. That's that's so you don't actually people don't go. I mean, if it didn't have that, you'd be wondering whether people, you know, would see that and go, "Is that Norman Reedus the actor, or is that Norman J. Reedus who's like, you know, the best boy?" Because um, you know, or are they what, Norman Reedus's ears? Yeah. Well, you know, there could be a couple of Norman Reedus's in, mm. involved in the production of The Walking Dead, and sure. you wouldn't want to confuse them. No. So, yeah, this is just a really, really strange item and one that I definitely won't be hanging on my wall. <laughs> so the thing that I think is funny is that no, no, you haven't commented on the fact that this is promoting poor zombocalyptic hygiene. <laughs> That's exactly there's, right. There's no way in the zombocalyptic world I'm, cu- I'm wearing zombie ears on me because, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you get a bit of zombie juice in your mouth, oh, well, that's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. That's right. It doesn't mention anything about being sterilised. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's weird all around. Mm. And I think that's red carded. Indeed. So who are we red carding? Who's Gentle we? Giant. Gentle Giant, fair enough. They haven't had one for a while. I was going to say, it probably won't come out anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
that's right. That's another issue. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ben. And after that, uh, well deserved fail. We are going to come back with some feedback before we end the episode. Big Mac's at my house. I'll bring my guys. You have yours. I've got junkyard dogs. It's World Wrestling Federation superstars. I've got Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> Here's Tory Animal Steel. I've got Great Hammer Valentine. Ricky the Dragon Steel. Yeah. They're so real. And Rowdy Rock Piper. <laughs> Can you tell the difference? Yeah. 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 Wrestling superstars. They're for real. Each sold separately from LJN. Yeah. Well, as always, we'd like to finish off with a little bit of feedback. And if you'd like to give us feedback or suggestions for things that we might do in the future, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can post it on our Facebook page. You can tweet it to us. Um, and this week, we obviously had a lot of response to our interview with Scott Knightlick from Mattel. Thank you very much. I'll say in advance, there's no way that we can read it all out um, because there's just so much of it. So we've just picked out some that um, bring out the kind of different threads that came out in response to share with you. And uh, the first one is from Mr. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he taught me science in high school. Um, he says, that interview on Action Figure Blues was really good. They really bring up some great points, especially when it comes to character selection. I particularly like how they called Scott, that's not me, that's Mr. Knightlick, out on about Zaro and how Mattel tends to blame the fans for the Lions' performance. They did it professionally without making it personal, and their discussion really resonated with me. So that's a comment from a forum that we found. So thank you very much for that, Mr. Yuck. Hmm. And Adam, you've got one. I do. Big Raj from Critical Mass, and I'm assuming that's our friend Big Raj at the uh, AFB forum. Yes. Uh, writes, good interview, guys. Some of his answers were frustrating to hear him try to justify, but I'm glad he was now pretty good on Bazzaro. I'll buy us up later in the week, but I'll still be pissed if it doesn't reach tier two for the good doomsday. <laughs> and Ben. Uh, another one of our friends, Urban Myth, said, uh, this was great, wonderful job at explaining to Scott how the Red Hood and Bizarro affects us. His answers actually seem pretty honest, well, as much as one could ever expect out of Scott. Only issue was the derogatory comment you threw in about Flood Arena. Oops. <laughs> I don't, I don't apologise for that. I'm sorry. I don't even remember it. Oh. I do. <laughs> yeah, that's um. Sorry, Princess of Power fans. That just yeah no. Just wait till we get started on My Little Ponies. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, Adam, you've got another one. I do. Uh, Xavion from Critical Mess writes, you guys did a fantastic job. It's hard not to follow the tried and true Q&A formula, but you were able to move away from that and turn it into more of a discussion. I think you were able to do that by opening the floor and saying to Scott, what do you think some of the issue, uh, some of the issues are, rather than telling him what we think the issues are. There was much more two-way communication than we know what we normally see, and you did it with balls and integrity without being rude or unprofessional. I can live with being flat out told, hey, Batzaro and Red Hood are just the price you have to pay to get your Fire and Huntress, a lot easier than hearing 50 bullshit reasons why Batzaro was putting this up in the first place. Yeah, that's good. We we did have um, um, some comment on our own forum that we put out 
solicitations for questions and then we didn't use a lot of them. And um, the reason for that was that we were trying to steer away from that normal Q&A formula. We didn't want to ask questions about specific characters and we didn't want to ask questions that we could predict the answers to based on years of dealing with Mattel. So it's good to have that feedback. Um, you know, I think it was a good strategy. I think that we did get down to some more real um, discussion. And like I said at the end of the last show, regardless of some of the things that do bug me about um, the way that it's done as a man, you really couldn't fault him in terms of just his enthusiasm and passion for it. And I really, I did appreciate the time that he, that he made for us. Yep. And I want that doomsday. So sub up everybody. <laughs> Not that we tell people what to do, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all about Ben. So hurry up. And, um, Ben last bit. Yeah, we had one on Twitter from some guy called Engineer Nerd, and he said, remind me not to let AF Blues interview me. He's tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I is. <laughs> I, did, I did have a number of personal uh, messages in the week saying, well done, and that was very, very, very nice to hear. But, you know, we certainly didn't set out to stick it to the guy. We appreciate everything that he does. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but he, he rolled well with... You know, I think we also would not have done, you know, our people proud if we hadn't been honest. And I think that we found that I'm happy with the balance that we found. So mm. good. And hopefully we, you know, help some people make up their mind either way. Mm. Very good. Well, thanks again to everybody that sent us feedback, that commented, that tweeted, etc. on that. It was great to see that it really got some discussion going, particularly on Twitter. And uh, sorry that we can't share all of it here, but we have read it all, and we really do appreciate it. So thank you very much. And I think we're done. We are. The um, Merry Marvel Madness comes (laughs) to an end. And it does. It does, yeah. Almost like it was planned. (laughs) <laughs> not just fell together and uh, I think we should give a special shout out to John for not being available for this episode but then spending the entire time annoying us <laughs> in, in a multitude of fora in a multitude, not just one but a multitude so thank you very much John And um, get well Eli yeah get well Eli yeah. and uh, what's Justin doing why isn't he here I can't remember. He's not sick. I think he's having a life. Yeah, good on him. Whatever. <laughs> okay, that covers everyone. Bye. 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 Have your engineer nerd spayed or neutered. I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.
before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest. Ah, uh, who's the script bum? <laughs> I just read that. I did. I got, I, that's got to be bloody John. What the hell is a vial? What does I, I, I got through. I, I got through before oh, we get to our mobile veins? features. We start each episode with a bit of pews. And then when I got to veins, <laughs> that was just too much. New, I couldn't think of what it was. News. What the hell does he mean, veins? Veins. I don't get it. I'm just going to fire him uh. on Facebook. Just one moment. <laughs> veins. What the fuck? <laughs> That's just bizarre. I'm laughing because it's bizarre, not because it's funny. <laughs> All right, I just fired. I just fired him on Facebook, so I don't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> Bloody hell! Okay, uh, okay. Let's just, let's just, okay. we're not a compulsive joy <laughs> news service. Ah, <laughs> uh. John, you have too much spare time. Side, <laughs> but Kodabakia and more affordable. We have the um, John is messaging me on Facebook in the middle of the fucking podcast. <laughs> Just turn it off. I will. I Just turn on off your me. notifications. That's what you said to me before. Turn off your audio. I wasn't expecting it. I did turn off the audio. Just up. Shut up, Ben. Zip it. Zip it. Leave me alone. <laughs> I am trying <laughs> to do a show. Mom, all the other kids call me Scotty Snotty. <laughs> <sighs> Why isn't he doing the show if he's got so much time to bother us all? Yeah, I did wonder. Didn't he? Didn't he bow out because he had something on? Sticker wartime. Fuck you. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> leave me alone. And uh, we will take a break between reviews to come back to you with this week's installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. And uh, I just need to go very quickly and um, strangle some sleepover girls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can oh, we, we couldn't hear anything, by the way. Oh, good. Well, they're giving me the shits, and I told them not to, <laughs> so I'll be right back. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's got to be like the most interrupted toy of the week ever. <laughs> toy this interrupt us. Oh, that was quick. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and that brings our menage a trois of Marvel madness to an end. <laughs> uh, I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I think Red Carter is next, and I think we should get there really quickly. Throw you over band, but not a menage a trois. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's because it's French. Uh-huh. Mm. For three-way. Yeah. Yeah. But it's French. It sounds better. 
Bonjour.